Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Welcome back to the Run Down post game show. Happy New Year to everyone. It is a new year. Knicks start off the new year on a high note, winning 102 to 83 versus the, Fe- the shorthanded Phoenix Suns. Um, I mean, total absolute domination, literally, from like, I want to say after they went up for zip it was literally nicks all the way they responded yeah. to the four the four zip start by phoenix by going on a 14-0 run of themselves and then yeah i mean there were various stretches where the knicks just completely dominated there was a 21-0 stretch in the second quarter where the knicks just went up 52 to 20 and that was all she wrote at that point i mean like we can get into like itty bitty parts pieces here and there, but for the most part, it was just straight domination by the Knicks um, on both ends. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not really much to talk about. It was just kind of a thrashing. Uh, like you said, like they went up four Oh, to start the game and Deandre Ian was looking good. And then the Knicks went, okay. And they ran four in a row. And by the end of the first quarter, they were up like, a lot. They were, that's really it. They ended the first, like they basically went up a lot, and the sun just rolled over and died. Yeah, and I mean, it was mainly due to like, first of all, the Knicks dominated the glass. Um, DeAndre Ian didn't get a rebound until like right before halftime, um, and that kind of like lets you know what the story was. And because of us dominating the glass, we were able to get so many second chance opportunities, which allowed for more possessions for us. And for the lead to continue to grow, like, I mean, we would miss a shot and it would, it would be either Mitch or Julius Randle or even Emmanuel quickly or someone else just grabbing that rebound and then kicking it out to someone else. And yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't stop us. We were hitting our threes as well. I mean, you had guys, Grimes was two of six, Julius was four of 12, Brunson was two of three, Emmanuel was three of, um, three of six, even Deuce hit a three today. So, you know, Ooh. that's when you know it's, that's when you know we're really rolling from three. Um, and yeah, that was that was basically the story of the game, just dominating the rebounds, dominating defensively, and you know, dominating the second chance points. Mitch was doing tween hezzies and no look passes in the first quarter. That should yeah. tell you how this game went. It was hilarious too. Like he, like, he took it, he like went between the legs with it, and then like came out of nowhere and like he got the offensive rebound, kicked it out to IQ and was a three. So like we, we were having fun early in this game. This was a game that like, you put on the background and you just kind of did a, you did all the work and you just made sure that like Cross it. Yeah, I mean, there was a point in the game where, like, the fans in the arena seemed like they were bored because, like, there was just like a lull in this in 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 the, like the fourth quarter where, like, there was like no noise from the crowd and it was just like, like they didn't know what, what I- to do because, like, first of all, the Knicks they absolutely reek. They're not they don't reek at home, but like it hasn't been the prettiest of wins at home. Yeah. So, like, I guess the fans aren't really used to like sitting in the midst of a blowout while we're the team that's actually dominating. So, like, they just didn't know what to do. And then, yeah, I mean. I think it also had to do with the fact that, like, they were up 30 in the first. Like, they were up so much that, like, was there much, was there much to really share about? And that point, you're just like, all right, cool. Don't blow the lead. Um, it's a matinee game, which also means that, like, you're not going to get a lot of, like, fan fear. I think the first quarter where, like, they were just on constant three and Randall was, like, going off with IQ and Brunson. Like, that first half where, like, Randall goes off and then Brunson drops 14 in the quarter. 
And I think at that point, the leap was so big that you're up 30, and you're just like, okay, well, all right, the game's done. Yeah. Even though you should never trust the Knicks with the lead. You should not. Yeah, that, that's also, yeah, that's also a thing, too, because, like, there was a point where, like, Phoenix starts to, like, chip away at the end of the second quarter, and I was like, oh, this could, you know, this could be a little dicey. But, you know, Knicks, right, we about to be in single digits fighting for our life. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then the third quarter happened, and then the Knicks were like, all right, let's, you know, we, we got this under control. Um, but, yeah, I mean, pretty pretty great win, you know. Weird start time, 3 p.m., like we talked about last post game, but, yeah. I mean, we took care of business, which is odd enough because, like, we usually suck at these, like, afternoon games. Um, so, you know, the Knicks want to get, um, get started on the new year in the right way, and, you know, they did that in absolutely – Killing the Suns. And I mean, one thing that we also talked about in the last post game too is that the Suns, they were like a team that, like, without Devin Booker, they have been just constantly searching for someone to provide that offensive boost for them. And today, early on, it looked like it was going to be um, DeAndre Ayton. Um, but yeah, they just couldn't get any consistent scoring from anybody today. I mean, if you look at their box score, it's very disgusting. I mean, their leading scorer was their best player today. I mean him and Dwayne Washington Jr., who came in and just started lighting it up in the in the fourth quarter. But like other than that, it was like it was rough. I mean, Chris Paul couldn't really get anything going. Four of eleven from the field. The, Miles Bridges, uh, not Miles Bridges, McCall Bridges was also four of eleven from the field. Um, yeah, Sham Shamit was two of nine. Coreg was two of seven. Um, Cameron Payne, who's someone that usually, you know, gives us a little bit of fit sometimes when we play him, wasn't able to really do anything to. I mean, like, they just could not legit get anything from anyone. Um, and it's just, it's weird to see a team that will, a team that's supposed to be a contender that rely on one guy, Devin Booker, to really be um, yeah. the say-all, be-all for them. Um, so I think to the point where they the they look this bad without him, but yeah. I think the thing is, like, with Aiden, he's inconsistent. And I think also, like, you know, CP3, it might be time to be a family man. I think he's staring down. He's staring down father time right now. He was uh, he was a team worst negative 38 tonight. So, like, man, the, the State Park commercials might be calling. He might need to go join Cliff. Uh... So yeah, like the Suns are just like at a free for right now, and Devin Booker, I think he's arguably he's a top ten player right now, and they look like they needed him badly. And kudos to the Knicks for you know actually taking advantage of an opportunity as such. Um, there's plenty of times where the Knicks don't take advantage of these opportunities where they play a team that is you know not um, not fully healthy. Um, so it was good to see them take advantage of a team that not fully healthy and they're in MSG. So, you know, there was a lot of skepticism around this, this, this matchup. So, you know, it's good to see the team actually, you know, pull through, take the win and, you know, hopefully they can build on this, get some revenge against the Spurs on Wednesday and, you know, keep the momentum rolling from there. Yeah, I think this is a game where, like, everybody gets in a good groove. Everybody's feeling good in the locker room afterwards. And ultimately, everybody had a good game. Nobody really, like, stood out as they had a poor performance, which is really good for this team trying to build momentum. So, yeah. 
all in all, good, good stuff. Yeah. Um, good to see JB come back. Um, yep. first game back, and he had 24, 4, and 6 on 8 of 18 from the field and 2 of 3 from 3. Um, 6 of 11 from free throw. Free throws is looking a little rough for him right now. I mean, ah, uh, man. I'm just hoping, you know, it's like the rust, but like I also can't say it's the rust too because he missed free throws like before he was out too. So, hoping this is not something that becomes a consistent issue for him. Um, but yeah. I yeah. Mean, um, remember, like he had, he had that game um, in Chicago where he used uh, three free throws, especially two down the stretch. So, you're hoping that it's not much more of a trend, but like shooting around like 85% of the year in free throws, I don't think it should be too big of an issue. Hopefully you just hope like it's one game of rust and he's back on Wednesday. But I'm not gonna say it's something to look forward to or look um something to look out for. But for right now, like one game, you can chalk it up to just coming back. Yeah. Um your boy getting MVP chance. How do you feel? Nature is healing. Nature is healing. The world is right again. It feels like we're back in 2020 without the negative stuff. Um, I mean, like, at this point, I, I think he's pretty much, like, I don't want to say he's a lock for the All-Star game, but I feel like he's as close as you can be to being a lock for the All-Star game without being a lock, if that makes any sense. Like, seven straight games of 24, sorry, 28 or more, averaging double-digit rebounds. He's, like... Top 10 in rebounds and points. Um, at this point, like, he's just – I'm used to – like, he scored 28 tonight, and it wasn't the most efficient effort, but it was still 28 on 18 shots. So – and 12 free throws. So he's just like, – he finally has the whistle that I think he's needed for, like, the last three years. Um, I'm glad somebody finally has it as a Nick because we never get whistles. But, yeah, I just – can't say can't say more about him. He's at he's in a really good group right now. Uh, if we didn't lose every game last week, he would have won Player of the Week. Cause you saw that weak ass Player of the Week that was named this one. Like, man, the Wizards they're rolling they're right now. Stupid, but like, yeah, ooh, the Wizards. But like, but yeah, like he's just in a role right now. He's doing his thing and he's playing like an All Star. What more can you ask? Very true. Very true. Um, we will see if it can continue as the season rolls on. Um, we're going to get into comments a little bit early because I think today's show will be much shorter as the Knicks absolutely obliterated the competition and there's not much to really dive so deep into. Um, so, you know, definitely leave some comments as we get to everyone's favorite part of the show. Um, if I can find it. Okay, here we go. Actually, you know what? Let me see. Is there a new one for the new year. Bear with me, people. Bear with me. I'm trying to see if this... All right. Nope, there is not a new ad read. Okay. Thought there would be a new one for the new year, but nope. All right, 
The NBA season is heating up. When I am looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum agent eligible restrictions apply. See show notes or show description for details. All right. Let's get into some comments. Um, James Marcita says, IQ had CP3 in jail. Um, you know, that is what we expect from our son, Emmanuel Quickly. As you know, he has developed into a premier point of attack defender. And as Chris Paul enters his washed stage, um, you know, it was, you know, a colliding of two forces that did not, favor Chris Christopher Paul Jr. And he might be a ring chaser soon. Oh you can like CP3 just ring chasing out of like the Bucks or something. It's looking like no. that. Oh I mean he's got that contract. And he's so. still better than West, but that's the funny thing. He's got that contract though. I, I mean like that contract isn't too bad though. It's not too bad. They could cut. They could get out of it next year. Like they cut them for like what fifteen million dollars are on the hook for, which isn't too bad. So I wouldn't be surprised if they like, um, cut them and then like next year they might start campaign or something. I don't know, but they should be okay. Yikes. Um, but yeah, I mean, IQ. You know, this is what he does. You know, and you know, glad to see him finally get some recognition. I guess like from more fans as he's starting, which, I mean, when RJ comes back, he's not going to be starting, but at least, you know, he's getting some recognition now um, around the league as, like, a, a, a better defender and, you know, basically a super role player um, who could definitely be much more if he continues to get starts because, as you can see, you can slot him at the one or the two and he's very versatile in guarding both ones and twos and playing off ball or on ball. And I'm glad, you know, this is being – you know, broadcast broadcasted on a larger um, stage for him. So you know, glad he's continuing yeah. to make the most of this moment. Yeah, I feel like. That. Yeah, I feel like Amir Quick has been like the biggest secret of the Knicks for the last years, and I feel like people talked about his offensive game. You know, you saw people talk about like he always Lou Williams stuff, but like his defense for the last year and a half has just been really, really strong and really potent. And I'm glad he's able to put it all together right now. Um, the defense has been great. The offense has been solid as well. Like it's becoming like the super role player guy that this team has really needed for a while. And it's great to see him do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, next comment. Okay. 420 says Randall showing out for his future team. So we still got some 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 people. In, <laughs> still got some people in the fan base, you know, who you know 
are holding out for that sun's that sun's trade. It's never happening. Let it go. Um, JL says Randall will always be a clown for last year, but he sleepwalking to damn near thirty every game. Respect to him. Yeah, I mean it doesn't it doesn't erase what happened last year. Um, you know that will always remain in fans' minds because you know when you do something, when you do when you have the year that you had last year, it's very hard to like basically wipe it from your memory. Um, but you know he's doing a pretty good job of this year of trying to you know mitigate for some of that um i i know most fans probably still won't you know reconcile with him until at least they see what he does in the playoffs because that's another thing that a lot of fans were really scorned by too was his pumpkin performance in the playoffs versus atlanta um so you know it, there's, a, there's a lot of work to be done he's on the road to recovery but you know there's there's still a ways to go, I think. I get it. I get it. But at the same at the same time, like it was his first playoffs. It was a lot it was a lot of those players' first playoff run. Um hard to start. like I'm not gonna hold the first player broke against him. And I get what happened last year, but at the same time, like the guy's good. He's a good player. Just the Knicks haven't had a lot of lifetime. I'm not going to like squander the opportunity to celebrate one because of booing fans um, or like, you know, sub play previously happens like new year, new, new slate. And he's shown up to it. So Daniel's on their redemption season tours and it's good to see. We will see. Um, James Marcita asks, will all-star Julius Randle's defining playoff moment this year be a missed free throw, a turnover against the double team, a wide-open three surrendered at the worst possible moment, or something else? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. Time will tell. Time will tell. <laughs> I mean, like, what would you say is the final moment? Comment. It is respect what would you say his defining playoff moment was that first year uh like there's no play i can remember that was oh sh- shit like man even albert had one like rj bear had one even Reggie Bullock I, I, damn near had one. Yeah, RJ had one. Alex had, had one. one. Obi Toppin had one. IQ had one. Quickly had one. I don't think he I had just, one. Yeah, I don't. I don't. No. So no. time will tell, James. Times time will tell what damn. what Julius Randle brings us <laughs> in the twenty twenty one. Um. But twenty wow, twenty twenty three playoffs. I am. Um, oh, Ace Bouchard. God. I sound old saying that shit. <laughs> Ace Bouchard says, "Got to bite the bullet and trade Bullius before he turns back into an albatross contract." <laughs> <coughs> oh man, Let I mean. Go. 
I don't know. Um, you know, I am someone that is very cautious. It's not gonna happen. I'm cautious with these these things. Because, you know, it seems like this is like becoming a trend for Julius. Bad year, good year, bad year, good year. Like, what is what is next year going to bring us? Like, are we having another repeat of last year? Or, like, is it going to be worse than last year? Like, is that the trend that we're going on? Like, he has a really bad year, a good year, or a great year, then a bad year, like an awful year. Then he has another great year. Then he has another awful year. Is that the trend we're going on with him That would be the most bizarre NBA player ever. Is it, though? Like, depending on the year that you get the guy, like, no, it's not. I mean, man, just hoops in even years. It happens, you know? Some people show up in, like, one good season. He's giving you two good seasons, and then he takes a little break. It's like he's, like, ultra instinct with it, you know? He's like, this is his KO. All right. Our good friend Schwinn asks, do you think Fournier will keep getting spot minutes even when RJ comes back and when and we have a full rotation again? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think that when Thibs sees something that he likes, he's like going to like continue to do it. Um, it's going to be very interesting because like, will that, Will that mean that he pushes out like either Sims or Hartenstein out of the rotation, or does he want to, or is he going to like, I don't know, because like if he's going to keep Fournier in and then do the double bigs, then I don't know, but we'll see. Ah. Uh... I think he does. Because, like, the bench unit has been lacking, and they definitely need some kind of scoring punch. And I just... I cannot see a world where, like, you try to run um, IQ, like, Brunson, Deuce, and then, like, double big. I just don't like that lineup. I would I would see... I think 48 fits in, like, a 15-minute-a-night roll where he could just give you shooting that you desperately need because this team is not that... Again, still not a shooter and team as they should be. So I think I think it's okay just to give him like twelve to fifteen minutes a night. I mean, if he's gonna continue to like he hasn't been like he hasn't been as awful as he was when he started the year, so and he's also not a starter anymore, so that's probably like one of the better things that, that comes from him coming off the bench. Um, and I think this is like what most fans envisioned would at least the Knicks could do with him if he was to be removed as the starter, just have him off the bench and play like 10 to 15 minutes with the bench unit. But um, the way he was starting the season was just so bad. It wasn't worth even keeping him in the rotation, but we'll see if he can bounce back. If he continue to hit, hit, hit shots, um, you know, we'll see. Um, we haven't heard any updates on RJ, so I don't know when he's going to come back and how soon that may be and, like, who's that going to be against? So, you know, all a matter of when time will t- what time will tell. All we heard is that is, um, he'll be out about a week, and I think that happened last week Wednesday, I'm going to say? No, last week Tuesday. So he might be back, like, let's say 
uh, Friday or something. We'll see. Could be. Could be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I... I don't know. It's it's weird because also Rose was out today too. So it's like where does like Thib stand on Rose versus Fournier? Um but yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get to another comment. Um, JL says Randall's defining playoff moment was him breaking a three off the backboard so badly that Taj rebounded it and hit and Rose hit a floater. I could not even tell you that I remember like which game that was from, or like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Nah, I can't remember. Nah, I have no idea where that game was from. That might be any one of them, but you hit, I'd be like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, I could have said like game three, game four. There was an awful playoffs. Um, all right. So we have Jordan Bub says, who gets traded first, Cam or Obi? Hmm. hmm. Cam. I feel like I asked Cam because I feel like Cam's gonna have more interest at the deadline. And I think they'll try they'll probably put Obi back in the rotation when he's healthy. I can't see them like I can't see injured Obi being traded for a healthy cam, especially when like teams could use a wing, even if he's like mediocre. Like teams use him right now. Like the Bucks, they can use Cam for like a second round pick or something. So like Cam Reddish isn't moved. I just think the return is not going to be as good as the Knicks want it to be. I think at first. I don't think he'll get that, but like you probably get like a second or two, which is fine. So I'll see who mm-hmm. first. Yeah, I think just the way that they've been handling the cam thing with keeping him out of the rotation, keeping him out of playing regardless, it just seems like they are angling or or at least both sides are angling for a trade at some point. Um, so they're trying to keep him as healthy as possible. So that way when he gets traded, he's at, I guess, his most valuable that he could be at the moment. Um, don't know what happened with Tyrese over there. Um, yeah, my bad. Oh, uh, but yeah, I, I could see just Cam getting traded just because of the way they're handling the whole thing with him and him just probably like wanting to be traded soon, anyways. So, like, yeah, I, I could just see Cam being traded first. Yeah, I, I, I think they move Obi, but I don't think they move Obi immediately. I don't think they move him during the season. I think that's mm. like that's an after the season move. But I can't see them like doing it midseason because then like if you move him to Indiana where it's been like reported, he has a chance to come back and burn you. And I don't think they want that to happen in the season. Very true. Very true. You don't want Obi coming back to MSG dunking on like Mitch or something in a game. <laughs> um but yeah, it's going to be, you know. It's gonna be interesting to see what they at least get back for cam if they do or when they do trade him because it seems like it's something that's sort of inevitable at this point but like you're just wondering what his value is and like what they're going to get back for him um and like what they do with the rotation after they make that trade because it seems like they're trying to it seems like the Knicks are trying to get 
at least a player back um, to like move it back to a 10 man rotation unless they just think that unless they would just want to do Fournier back in the rotation and make it 10 man from there but yeah it's going to be very interesting to see what they do on that front yeah um it'll be interesting to see i i don't think cam's gonna play much more minutes for this team though so I think he already played his last game already, to be honest. Yeah, I think after that debacle against the Mavericks, I feel like Tips was kind of like, okay, I gave it a shot. It didn't work out. And Grimes is playing too well. The bench, um, despite his flaws, like I don't think there's really a role for him. And if when you can come out and shoot what, the way I think a lot of can, then like, I just don't really see a pathway to him getting minutes. Uh, oh, well. I mean, you know. You, you experiment and you see what happens and if it doesn't work out then it doesn't work out um it's it's give it a shot yeah um it's it's interesting because you see the roles that quickly and grimes are able to play now but like when RJ comes back what's going to be this excuse for not allowing these guys to like expand their roles? I just, I feel like it's weird because we all need to play more, but like Brunson, RJ, and Randall so much of the pie that like it's hard to find those little gaps to get usage in unless they're like, unless one of them is struggling and one of them, one of the other group are stepping up. I kind of think at this point, um, quickly and Grimes are interchangeable to tips because they're like, okay, well, they can play next to the big, um, the big three and Mitch and such. So, like, it's basically, like, pushing along with the starting lineup, the regular four. It's it's weird. I just – I would like to see them get expanded more, but, like, I don't think it's going to happen on this coach. But at the same time, if they keep winning, then it's hard to be like, well, you know, the problem with winning sometimes where it's like, yeah, it's great that you're winning, but, like, they've got to take those leaps. Yeah, I mean, we – I mean – with another coach, they probably coach probably staggers much better with um, certain guys um, and certain lineups. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's great to see you know quickly and them quickly and Grimes get this like time of like expanded offensive role. I mean, you look at what Grimes was able to do today. It wasn't like the the numbers weren't eye popping, but like. I mean, he was able to just hit threes, and then he attacked off closeouts, got five assists today. Like, you know, this was a really great Grimes game. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, sometimes when RJ's there, he's not, like, I don't know. It just seems like he's not always looking for a shot, or sometimes these opportunities don't come for him. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how Dibs staggers with RJ Grimes quickly. Cause like there's a way to make all three of them work all together and like for like because it seems like sometimes like one of them will have a good game and then the other two will be like just like passively there so like i feel like there's a better way to make them work um and we'll see how thibs you know balances that hopefully he can because like 
there is a version of this team that looks even way better offensively than it did today, which was because I, I think today, like today wasn't really like one of those, like it wasn't like super, it wasn't like that much of a super offensive explosion. It was just like Knicks did their thing and like the Suns just had no answers for it. But I feel like there's a way better, more optimized version of this team. And we're still missing like two rotation players still. So. It's a more optimized for this team, and there's still a top 10 offense and defense. So, like, that shows you, like, how good this team has been playing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else there is to really discuss for today. I mean, you know, Knicks did their thing. They beat a team that they were supposed to. Um, I guess we can start talking about next game. Next game is on Wednesday versus the Spurs. Um, little revenge action for the Knicks. Um, hopefully, you know, RJ will be back. Maybe, maybe not. It's been a week or so. Um, but you know, hopefully he's back. We can get revenge against the Spurs. Um, key difference from last game versus this game versus the Spurs is obviously like Jalen Brunson being back. Um, so, you know, that'll definitely help us a ton. Um, also, I'm not in the crowd, so they can't. <laughs> There's also that. There's also that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I hope, hopefully the next, you know, they get a win against the Spurs on, on Wednesday. They should. I mean, especially if like they're able to beat the Suns. Who, I mean, the Suns, despite all their struggles, they were able to beat, like, the Grizzlies the other day. And they beat, like, most of they beat the other day. Like they've beat quality opponents still without Devin Booker, so it's like we just like beat up on some team that was like absolutely putrid. But like you know, we took care of business um, against them, and you know, hopefully we could do the same against the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, I just if Romeo Land doesn't light us up for his career high, I feel confident in this team winning. Yeah, I just feel like the Spurs, they were like, they had that home cooking juice. So, you know, they were able to like get all the extra like rebounds, all the extra hustle points. Like Romeo Langford was out there just like going in constantly for putbacks and stuff. And it was just like, okay, this is going to be the game that we're playing. Then we're obviously not going to win. Uh, but I think since we'll be playing at home, we'll hopefully have some of that home cooking. We will to, you know, get those extra plays get those extra calls as we did today. I mean, whew, look at the free throw disparity for the Knicks today. I mean, we didn't commit, like, we barely committed any fouls today, right? Yeah. They had the they had, um, the first quarter, but they didn't foul. And I think a few out of turnovers. And Brunson and RJ Bull got to the line. Oh, not RJ. Uh, Brunson and Randall got to the line 10 plus times a piece. So, yeah, like, they played really solid fundamental ball. Leverage the fact they get paid touches to put up points. Yeah, I'm looking right now. The Suns had seven free throws as a team while we had 25. I'll take that, man. I'll take that. Jesus. I'll take that. It's about time. Like, dude, the way Luca got more free throws than us, and Pascal Siakam got more free throws than us, and Jeremy Grant got more free throws than us, dude. Like, it's about time that Julius Randle gets more free throws than the entire team. And it wasn't even that much. It was only 12. Like, 
I need Julius to get like one of those like swing throw games that like we'd be giving other teams for whatever reason. Like, yeah, somebody Brunson, I don't care. Just somebody, somebody on this team deserves like a twenty free throw game. Let it be quickly. Like, I will not complain at all. But yeah, I, um, you know, placing the Spurs Wednesday at seven thirty, regular start time for Knicks game. Finally, um, not this three p.m. BS. Although, if the Knicks are going to come out and play like this every time they play at 3 p.m., then I have no problem having 3 p.m. games all the time. I just won't be on post-game because I'll be on my way home from work. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't have no problem if the Knicks are going to continue playing like this. It won't be, it won't be a post-game. It'll just be Schwinn. Yeah, it, it won't be me because, like... It'll just be Schwinn talking to himself. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think anyone would be able to, like, go to 3 p.m. games. Like, people be at work and shit. Like... They only did this because, like, today's, like, a day off for folks, but, like, there's no way they could do this on a regular basis. The, the, the tourists will be there somehow. Somehow, some way, the tourists will be there. They will be there. Um. So, yeah, Spurs on Wednesday at Toronto on Friday. That could be a tough one. As we owe – it is always a, t- a rough game for us at Toronto. Always. Damn. I, I hate Toronto. I hate I hate Toronto because they always it's always rough in Toronto. I don't know why. Like, ever since that that, that Lindsay, ever since that Lindsay run where like, he hit the three, it's just been rough in Toronto. It has been. Um, and then Monday we play the Bucks at MSG. So you know those are the next three games. You know, hopefully Knicks get things done. A lot of the next couple games, like the next. Four of the no, three of the next four are at MSG. So you know, another chance for the Knicks to you know have a solid like a little bit of a home stretch sort of phase and like hopefully they can take advantage of it. I know before, like right before like during that Christmas time period, like that was another home stretch that we weren't able to take advantage of. So hopefully now we can, because you know, it seems like things are starting to get yeah. back to normal for this team, so. <clears throat> yeah, they're, they're clicking again, so hopefully they're able to parlay that into another run. And, like, I think you're waiting for the record to kind of match what the analytics say. And it did, it did at one point, but then they lost five straight, so you're hoping to get back to where you were before everybody got in. And the free throw rolls in the fourth quarter um, meltdowns started to, like, mess mess yeah <coughs> Ace Bouchard <coughs> says <coughs> oh my god <coughs> Jesus but anyways Ace Bouchard says the biggest real issue with this team is the Hardenstein minutes um, today I didn't think they were that bad because I think like Jalen Brunson was a part of those minutes so that kind of like really helped the stymie like his issues, at least offensively. And he had a nice pass to um, Jericho Sims that Jericho Sims got a layup off of. So, you know, his minutes weren't too bad today. Um, and against a team like the Suns, which, like, DeAndre Ian wasn't able to take advantage of any matchups. Um, and, like, their backup was Jock Landale. Um, I think Hartenstein's minutes were pretty okay today. I can go check the plus minus and see if it matches it. He was a minus five still, um, regardless. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't I don't think that, you know. It's just been weird, but Hartenstein. It has been. Um, But yeah, I mean, today his minutes aren't really going to like sink the team that much because like it was an absolute domination by us. Um, But we'll see how, you know, how, how things fare against the Spurs. And we'll see how things look when, you know, guys like o, when RJ comes back and um, RJ is the four in those backup um, units maybe again. Maybe that's something that, you know, Thibs goes back to or at least hopefully he tries to go back to. Because I think that certain matchups you might be better off with RJ at the four than trying the double bigs. Um, yeah. Um, I think this is where we're going to end things off because I don't think there's anything else to say. Um... Shout out to everyone that tuned in, you know. Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, make sure you guys like and subscribe. We're on our way to 1K subs um, as we head into this new year. Um, check out the description for everything Strickland-related. We got links to the site, merch. Get yourself some new merch for the new year, you know. Get Strickland decked out. Um, also check out the Patreon and the Twitter, all great ways to support and follow us. Um, you know, we'll be back on Wednesday night following the Spurs game. Um, and you know, we'll catch you guys then. Peace out. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New New episodes of Fly on the Wall and drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wall wherever you get your podcasts.